Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, the strong and powerful Louis Efron. Louis, are you ready to do this? I am ready to do this, George. Excellent. Let's do this. Louis is a Forbes and Huffington Post contributor and author of the newly released book, Purpose Meets Execution. We're excited to have you on. Louis, tell us a little bit about your personal life and some more about your work. Definitely, George. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be on the show. Um, I've had a chance to be very blessed with a very purpose-driven life. I started my career in the arts as a theatrical director, actually, with my undergraduate. And I had a chance to move to New York City and be, be able to work really in the pinnacle of theater, managing Broadway shows, and then producing and directing off-Broadway and off-off-Broadway. And it was a sort of a dream come true for me to have a chance to do that. And um, my last three years in the arts in New York City, I was also representing actors at Actors' Equity Association. So I had this really interesting balance between dealing with unions with a, as a producer and manager, and then ultimately as um, a union representative. And when I decided I wanted to be able to pay my bills, because as much as I love the arts, it was a labor of love. I um, used my experience in labor relations to sort of switch over into the corporate world. And I landed into a remarkable organization called Stryker, which is a Fortune 300 medical device company. And um, I started as a labor relations specialist there and then had this roller coaster of a ride going up to a ultimately a vice president of human resources and working all over the world. I started in New York, uh, New Jersey area, and then moved into um, over to Europe which is where I met my, my lovely wife uh, 12 years ago, had our first child out there. And then we moved over to um, Japan, so spent a year in Japan, and then back to the U.S. After leaving Stryker, I had to be the head of HR for, or the, sorry, the vice president of HR for International, for a software company for a few years based in Arizona. And then went out to finish my first book, which is um, How to Find a Job, Career, and Life You Love, which um, you mentioned, thank you. And then um, moving into the um, uh, opportunity to work with Tesla Motors for a year to launch a global employee engagement initiative, which was, again, an amazing experience. And I left to finish my second book, which actually is a book you mentioned, Purpose Meets Execution, um, which launched May 23rd um, of this year, which is all about how do you balance organizational purpose in an organization and, uh, and your business execution. So it's a book more aimed at uh, corporate America. And then I have um, two of the books coming out, one about called Behind the Ink, which is a transition um, about the transition of the, really the transformation of the tattooing industry, which was fascinating. And then a, a children's book called What Kind of Bee Can You Be, which is to help essentially children start aligning and talking about purpose early in life. And this is all wrapped up now in a very current and recent um, experience, which I wanted to share with you, which first I'm really talking about it, but really just happened a couple of weeks ago. I've become the um, vice president of teammate experience for a remarkable organization called the Vita, which is a kidney care company, which is a Fortune 200 with over 70,000 employees. Um, and I get the chance to work as part of a team to essentially improve life for um, over 50,000 teammates in my area. And the very name of this company in Italian means giving life. Um, so a chance to wrap everything I've been doing in my, my purpose-driven life and my, my everything I've been writing, my speaking into a role like this has been sort of the pinnacle of my life, I have to say right now. And um, we call it a village at the Vita, and to be part of this village, I'm um, honored and blessed to be there. So it's sort of all coming together into one remarkable um, display of fireworks in my career to, to these days. 
that's a little bit about me, maybe a little longer than you, you wanted, but that's me. That is perfect, and what an exciting and challenging opportunity you have ahead of yourself. You said it was 50,000 people that you're going to be in charge of, or at least responsible for yeah. helping have a great experience? Yeah, the organization has got over 70,000 employees, and my area and the kidney care area, we're looking over about 50, over 50,000 uh, teammates um, throughout the organization, so pretty huge challenge, but a remarkable culture to have a chance to be part of. Well, I think you're probably the man for the job, so good luck with that. And this is uh, very much in line with what I wanted to talk with you about today. I think that we are facing a bit of a, a bit of a crisis when you think about how such a large number of Americans are not engaged, are not happy in their work, and then you pair that with half of Americans would not be able to come up with $400 in cash in case of an emergency. And I really think and I believe that there's a direct correlation between these two statistics. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, thanks, George. I, I, honestly, this whole concept sort of hurts me personally when I think about it because um, statistics show that about 80% of the global workforce is unhappy in what they're doing. Um, and we spend so much of our life at work um, connected to what we do for a living. To be unhappy and disengaged or not in a place of purpose is such a shame. And then to look on the other side of the coin, as you mentioned, and have so many people struggling in life um, to have enough money in the bank to buy a house or to go on a vacation that they're looking for, to pay for their children's college, whatever it is, um, it's, a, it's a tragedy and it's a shame. And, um, you know, with healthcare issues, obviously the cost of healthcare, um, that's a, a huge factor in all this. Um, so I, it, it does pain me when, I, when we talk about a concept like this, because I think if you spend so much time of your life working, then at least you should be able to have enough money in the bank to enjoy, you know, enjoy life and enjoy things outside of work as well. And to bring things together but um, yeah it's a, it's a difficult dilemma it is and I, I totally agree with you that life is way too short for this um, we do spend so much of our waking lives working and if 80% of us don't like what we're doing well that's a pretty lousy thing so what can people do about it do you think that it's a conscious choice to be unhappy about it or is it asking too much to be able to find impact or purpose in a job that you don't like today? Well, you know, I think what it requires, and that's what I wrote about in that first book, um, you know, how to find a job career in life you love, it's a little bit of strategy behind it because everybody's on this treadmill. I mean, life is moving very, very fast everywhere, right? There's with social media now, and I mean, every, every, just being inundated with communication and, and um, things to do, is people don't take a moment, or take a pause to think about their lives and ask questions about are they doing what they should be doing or is what I'm doing connected in some ways to my purpose and finding those links. Um, there could be opposite, there could be situations where your job you may not like, but you haven't had time to really think about how it may fulfill you. And that could change your whole perspective on things, right? Well, you could be in a job that's, that's clearly not aligned with what you should be doing in life. And in that case, you should look to move and you should, you shouldn't be reckless ever. Just like quit your job and go off and try to meander around life and find your purpose. But, um, while you're at a job, if you're in a job where you're not happy, you're not engaged, it's not something you should be doing in life, uh, you need to take a little time to think about what maybe that, that you would want to do and that would fulfill you more, and then sort of look at look for opportunities to experiment with those roles or, you know, secure other roles that would make you sort of happier. So I think it's a matter of, I think it's two things. It's one, people, you know, feel that people are uncomfortable with change, which is natural, right? Um, and change is the only thing that's sort of constant in life. But change requires a lot of effort. It requires the ability sometimes to take a leap of faith that it's going to be 
better than where they are. And and I think that's the challenge. It's a lot of hard work because it takes time, like I said, to, to sit down and really think about where you want to go. So I think there's there's several factors playing in there, but I think it all starts with taking a moment in your life, you know, five, even five or ten minutes and asking a question like, uh, you know, if I didn't have to work, in, if I didn't need money in life, what would I spend my time doing? And then when you figure that out, you figure out a way to make money doing it. Right, actually taking a little bit of time to, to sit and be introspective and contemplate. Oftentimes, that is probably a simple first step. What if, let's just, just go through a scenario of somebody who's, you know, 35 years old, married, they have a house and children, and they really, really dislike their job. Would you prescribe some kind of an action plan to them just so there is something that they can work towards instead of just thinking that they want to do it but never getting around to it through procrastination would you say okay first things first really figure out what you would be doing if you didn't need to make money Um, figure out if the company that you're working for is aligned with with what you think is is valuable and then give yourself a certain amount of time to, to, to research. I, I guess in a long-winded way, I'm asking, should people give themselves deadlines for evaluating and making a change? Yeah, I think, you know, like any any good business or whatever, there's a plan. Any, any life change, any business, any business change requires a plan. And the more you have a, a clear vision of sort of where you want to go, um, the easier it is to build a plan to get there. It's the problem when people don't sit down and think about where they really want to go. And that's, that's, Reckless, right? You go off in a lot of different directions, and you never end up in a happy place. So the first step is really contemplating where you want to go, and then once you know where you want to go, is like I mentioned before, you need to take. You can't be reckless about it, and just let's just say if you have you know kids at home, you have a mortgage, you got you got people that rely on you, which I do, I know you do, George. I know you have to be have to be sensible about things, and the way that works is the way putting the plan like that works is taking it step by step. And I, I talk about my first book about. If you can live the life you want for 30 days, then you can live it for 60 days, and you can live it for six months, and you can live it for a year, and you can live it for 10 years and 20 years and the rest of your life, right? But change is hugely overwhelming. So someone in that situation you describe, they think about leaving their job and going someplace they don't know into a different industry or different uh, opportunity that has a lot of risk. It seems like a daunting, very scary task. But the key to building a great plan behind this is breaking it down into baby steps where you slowly evolve, you know, I would say it's, um, it's evolution, not revolution, right? Slowly evolve the direction you want. And the way you can do that is once you know where you want to go and, and explore some things, you can take opportunities even on the weekends or evening after work, if you have a job you don't like, for example, um, if you've already determined that that's definitely not the job for you, you can sort of experiment with other type of things. I said like the weekend jobs, internship, volunteering your time to get a sense of these other type of arenas and places you may have interest in doing. And once you feel more comfortable that this is my direction, then you can start sort of looking for jobs in the background or looking for other opportunities to do that, right? Um, To make it a little more comfortable in the transition. And then today with social media and things like LinkedIn, you can pretty much connect to anybody um, doing anything that you can possibly imagine. So if you're interested in a certain area or a certain career, you think you have interest in it, Start connecting with people on LinkedIn that, that sort of travel in that space. Talk to them, have lunch with them, you know, get together, have a coffee with them, whatever it is, and start getting a sense. So you start feeling your way around and building a clear picture of what you want to do, start building a network around it. So as opposed to just quitting a job and then trying to transition to something entirely new, you've, you've built a nice path, right, a pathway to it. You've built a network around it. And when you do decide you want to make that transition, 
it feels a lot safer and a lot cleaner. So that's what I would say to do is look at, understand the big picture, but then break it down into bite-sized chunks, right? Like anything, 30 days at a time and, and move in the direction you need to go. You got to take small bites, right? It's how you eat an elephant and, no and, and make big changes like this. So excellent. Um, so that was sort of getting a sense of from, from the bottom up, if, well, that's if somebody's maybe not necessarily happy with, with, with what they're doing. Let's talk a little bit about how employers can help people get better aligned, call it personal alignment with the mission um, or what the what the company is working towards. Yeah, this this is all about good leadership and good communication, honestly. Um, having sitting down with your people, people you work with, the people that report to you, for example, and just asking them um, things about their, their personal lives and things that they enjoy doing, things the way they like to be recognized, uh, things they're interested in, what they're really passionate about, what they want to the world to know them for, right? Getting to really know your people really, really well and then trying to make that connection for your people in their current jobs or at your organization, right? Whatever it is. Um, you know, if, and, and I always say this all starts, a lot of it starts with recruiting, right? If you get the right people on board to begin with that believe in what your organization believes, um, not thinks like you because you want people to think differently because that's where innovation comes from, but believes in what you believe. There's always that connection. I always say, you know, people love pets, right? They should work at a company like PetSmart as opposed to maybe a medical company. If people love caring for people, they should work at a medical company. If you get that baseline, you're never going to have 100%, but if you get at least 80% there, it's quite magic if people have a stronger connection to what they do. So an employers can start having conversations with their people to find out um, and help them make that connection. And if they find out this is not the place for them, um, it's always a positive thing to move on to somewhere that's a better fit for you in life. And employers can help with that too, right? They can help make that transition smooth as opposed to being an abrupt thing. It doesn't mean if you don't fit in a certain culture or job or, or place, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means there may be something better for you. So employers can send employees in a very positive way out in a new journey, or they can help in a journey with an organization, seeing how they can connect in that current role, or help them realign in other parts of the organization. And the magic behind that is if you align people correctly in your organization, even if it requires moving people around, you get more bang for your buck, right? You get more return on investment. You get people that are more engaged in 30 years or 40 years of research, shows a connection behind engagement and better business results. You get people that care about their work. They produce better quality work. Um, they put more of themselves into it. They work longer because it's not no longer a job. It's a life, right? So there's so much an employer can do, and it all starts with basic communication. It doesn't cost anything. It just means sitting down with your people and getting to know them and drawing those connections so people come to work each day engaged and excited when they jump out of bed to come into your organization. Yeah, it seems like people, well, and people, that I speak from personal experience where I like to overcomplicate things. <laughs> and this is something that <laughs> I, a company's like, well, geez, how can we get our employees more engaged? Well, just start talking about it. Do do small things. You don't need to, don't make a mountain out of a molehill kind of a thing. Exactly. How can, how can people become better self-managers if they're within an organization that they are aligned with and like this is I'm working at the Humane Society I love dogs but I just I'm, I'm not feeling it I'm not really engaged in my work even though maybe I feel like I should be yeah you know yeah I think this all comes down to meaning you know in life I mean as humans we all need meaning in something we do if we're meandering around life and don't feel we're adding value or, or there's meaning to what we're doing I think people become depressed and, and bad things happen right so as a, personally self-managing yourself is again 
the more you can connect to purpose around what, what you believe you should be doing in life and gathering meaning behind that. If you're in a job where um, it's maybe totally unconnected to what you really love to do, but yet you enjoy helping people, for example, um, you can still, within that organization, you can put yourself out there for projects. You can um, try to assist other people with, within, obviously, the, the confines of your culture, or you can do things in your personal life that fulfill you, working for charities or volunteering and things like that. So it's a matter of thinking, again, going back to where we started this conversation, what you really want in life and what really gets you out of bed. And, um, and again, that question, I think that's a powerful question, again, if you didn't need money. So if you really think about that um, and, and then try to align that with everything you do, and if you're in a job that doesn't connect in any way, shape, or form, but you need that job, you can't make a move right now, look for ways to do it you know, outside, like I said, with other opportunities to volunteer or intern or things like that to fulfill you in that part of your life. But usually there's things in every job um, that can, you can connect in some way that people, things people like. I mean, whether it be someone who's really creative and in your job where you think it's not very creative, um, most companies want employees to be creative. And if you're in a, a good culture, you can go to your boss and say, listen, you know, I'm, in a, I'm in a role that you know, it's not really feeding my creativity. I'm very creative and I want to spend more time in that. And talk about ways you could uh, potentially be more creative in your role. Because every role, I think, has opportunities, right, to get better and improve. So I think from a self-management perspective, it's about putting yourself out there and having the conversation, speaking to your, your boss, speaking to your friends, your family, people that you're really close to and you know that won't necessarily judge you uh, for having those conversations. And helping them is helping to get feedback from those people in your life is another way to self-manage and sort of check and balance. You know, think about where you want to go. Think about whether perceives other perceives your strengths and your your, weak, your weaknesses and things that you need to, to manage around or focus on, and take that all into consideration to sort of form your your plan and your and your self management. But a lot of this comes down to again understanding that that core purpose, and that's that's the guiding light in all this. Awesome stuff, Lewis. Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them, sir? Yes, my different difference making tip would be to. Take a moment in life, which I really started out with this conversation, take a moment in life and think about really what gets you out of bed in the morning. I mean, that is above and beyond what someone told me the alarm clock, which is not what I'm looking for. Uh, really think about what stimulates you in life and ask questions of people around you. Get that feedback. There's one nugget I always share, which I think is pretty powerful about understanding what you do best, because the, the secret behind this is finding what your purpose is. And it's usually what you also do best and putting those together. And that's where people, you know, accomplish great things in life and win world records and gold medals. So if you, once you figure out your purpose, then finding out what you do best is really, really simple. Think about the times in your life when you've gotten the most praise for something you've done and then the times when you've gotten the most constructive feedback or not constructive feedback, right? But the things when people come up to you and say, wow, that's magical. I could never do that. And the things that I see, you know, people that do in, in my life, you know, uh, like you, George, you're, you're involved in finance. I mean, cutting numbers, like I, I'm good at the big picture, but getting down to that detail, uh, people that can do that really, really well, well is magic, right? It's, it's your strong point, what you do best. So just ask people around you, um, what do you think I do best? Think about where you get the most praise and ask people around you, what do you think I do best? And it's really simple and very, very quick to understand what that is. And most people in life know exactly what it is, right? If you take a second to think about what do you do best, you know when people have given you tons of great feedback, that's 
the area you need to focus on. You combine that with your purpose, and uh, life changes quite magical and transformational. That is great stuff. That definitely warrants a come on. Come on. So thank you for that. <laughs> Lewis, thank you for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Definitely. You can find me at uh, lewisefron.com or purposenewsexecution.com or just search on the web. I'm all over Forbes and Huffington Post and around. Um, just put my name in. You'll find it in the browser. But, uh, and you always connect with me on LinkedIn. I love meeting new people. Awesome. You can find Purpose Meets Execution on Lewis's website, um, as well as how to find a job, career that you love. And I think that I, uh, I did a bad job saying that one. How, how to find a job, career, and life that you love. And definitely encourage you guys to pick That's up those perfect. books. So, Lewis, thank you again. Um, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Lewis your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates great ideas. So thank you again, Lewis. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.